But if it's not authentic to you, if it's like a medium that you're doing it because you think you should be doing it because it's like the next flavor of marketing, it's not gonna work because it's not you. And the second part of it is if you're doing something because you think you should be and it's not congruent with your stage of business growth from a cash flow perspective, it's like you're trying to use an attraction strategy that's maybe 10 steps ahead and then you get frustrated and you go, well, none of this stuff works. It's not that it doesn't work, it's that you're using the right strategy at the wrong time. So attraction is all about how do you build your tribe with what strategy at what stage of business growth. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Welcome to the Business Brilliance Podcast, where every week we talk to business owners and entrepreneurs and get to know their business brilliance and share it with you. I am your host, Michael Santanato, and I'm a business owner and entrepreneur myself, and I just love talking business. Not like big corporate conglomerate business, but real grassroots, everyday people business. So if you're like me and you want to know what makes business owners successful and brilliant, and you love the journey of the entrepreneur from nothing to something, then join us every week and share it with a friend as we peel back the brilliance and implement it in our life and business. Now let's get on with the episode. Welcome everyone to the Business Brilliance Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Santanato. And as usual, we have an amazing episode here for you today. I've got my wonderful friend and guest, Andrea Ivanka, on the show with us today. And it's 11.11 as I look at my clock. I don't know when you're listening to this episode, but thanks for tuning in. This is gonna be a killer episode, I promise. Andrea is a great friend of mine, okay? We've been friends for several years and our lives have crossed paths and interwovenly mixed together multiple times. And every time it's always a joy and a blast. I wish you could see Andrea in person because she's always smiling. She's got one of the brightest (laughs) smiles I've ever seen. And it's always there. And her face just lights up and she turns red like a tomato, like she is right now, right now. But she's amazing. Listen, she is the founder of the Total Boss Club. You can check that out at totalbossclub.com. And she reads three to four books a week, which blows my mind. And I'm jealous, officially. She's an international speaker and coach and mentor to women and men all over the world, internationally, all over the planet. She kicks ass at sales. So we're going to talk about that. So excited to talk about that. And um, she's really humble. And she's just a wonderful person. And she's got some really exciting things going on right now that I think you're going to love to help you take your business to the next level. And so without further ado, Andrea, welcome to the show. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And of course, yeah, you're outing me for turning red. (laughs) I did. I had to. to. (laughs) You know, when I get excited and there's a lot of energy in things, I don't know. I feel it's like my blood rushes to my head, but I'm so glad to be here. Like you said, you know, our friendship has done this cool intersection thing. And I think what's been so exciting for me watching all of this is we keep growing, you know, it's like as entrepreneurs, as friends, and taking a look at how are we doing different things to make an impact in the world. It's so exciting that we never stop growing. So I'm excited about this podcast and what you're putting together. I think it's awesome. And for those of you that are listening in for the first time, I mean, keep tuning in because I know what Michael is up to is going to be nothing short of brilliant. So thank you so much. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Well, this is Business Brilliance Podcast. So we're going to have at it. So listen, we've been friends for a long time. and. We go way back. But right now, what you're doing, I think, is really unique. So I want to give you a few minutes. Talk about what you're doing right now. I'm going to assume a lot of the people that are listening to this are either entrepreneurs, thinking about being entrepreneurs. And, you know, when you step out to put something out into the world that you're really passionate about, something that you think is going to help other people, there's a certain amount of excitement and fear that goes into all of this all at once. And so for the last few years, I've been coaching, I, I like to call them millionaires, thousandaires. I mean, I've just been working with entrepreneurs from all different stages in their business. And it was going really, really well, except I started to feel like there was something bubbling up inside of me that I wanted to go deeper and into an area. And I don't know if you've ever gone through this, Mike, but you know, when something's working really well, it's like, don't mess with a good thing. But something inside of you is saying, but wait, there's something else that's even better than this. 
So, oh my God, this is happening right now. Can we <laughs> we're gonna go, <laughs> keep going? We're going to come back to this. This is happening right now. So that's what really led to, to what's going on in my world right now. And that's why I'm prefacing it with this. You know, it's like sometimes there's this fear of messing with a good thing that's generating cash flow, that's making an impact, but then you know that you're meant to do something even more. And for me, really what that's been all about is going deeper into working with female entrepreneurs. And this might sound like, okay, lots of people are working with female entrepreneurs. Really, what's the big deal? Why is this so important? Really why it's so important is a lot of coaching and training programs out there were traditionally created by men for men, kind of inkwashed. You know, if you remember the whole Gillette thing, you know, like made for men, strong enough for a woman. Like it was just trying to apply certain principles from one gender onto the other. And one of the things that I have found with working with a lot of really successful, ambitious female business owners is they end up so deep into their masculine energy, you know, having your list, checking it off, getting things done, then there's no room for flow. Just to have that ability to, I'm going to say to do things a little bit differently. And then they feel guilty because they feel like, well, if I don't do it this way, then I'm not going to be successful. This from experience, like when you're hiding a part of you, because you're worried about what people are going to think, because you're worried about being vulnerable, when you're worried about being authentic. I mean, one, you don't show up as your best self. And second, I actually do believe that the world loses out because being able to take that, whatever it is that's bubbling up and really going at it with, with your heart and soul and skill, that's really where your passion comes out. And so it's funny, as I've been talking about this with women, I was going through the exact same thing myself and saying, okay, I'm actually going to focus on working with women to help them through this. So it's fun. It's exciting. And for me, it's really the combination of the best of the best of what I've been doing for the last five years, which is taking practical, tactical business strategies and helping people improve their sales while doing all of the behind the scenes stuff, which is all the mind space. I don't like mindset. I don't know. When I hear mindset, I think of something set in stone. I don't like that word. So I've started mind space. Feel free to use it. But it's about creating space, creating opportunity. And that's how we actually start to shift people into bigger possibility. Awesome. So I'm stealing mind space. Yeah, use it. Um, it's stolen. It's, it's already mine. <laughs> <laughs> because, I'm going to give credit though. I always give credit. Picasso said, good artists copy, great artists steal. And I love that quote. And that rocked my world when I first heard it. And I'm like, Picasso, you devil, you. How dare you? But he's one of the best artists on the planet ever. So we'll just stick with that. <laughs> okay, so you're saying a bunch of things here. I think you're saying a few things. I think what I'm hearing you say is, you help people focus on sales and execution, which... God bless, thank God, because sales is the lifeblood of any business. And it's when you're doing it right, it's a service. That's how I live. That's what I believe. But the other thing you're saying is there's other things you can do and need to do to have fun and be yourself and enjoy yourself and enjoy your business. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, think about it this way. When do you show up as your best? Oh, man. Like All stressed out and overwhelmed or when you're actually having fun, being yourself, being authentic, letting people in. Yeah. And so I think one of the challenges is we bought into this idea that in order to be successful, whether it's in sales or in your business in general, you've got to act and be a certain way. But people are smarter these days. I mean, the internet has allowed us to be connected. I mean, like, look at this. We're on this platform together. We're able to see each other, even though we're not in the same room. People are going to be listening to this later. We're so connected. And it's really interesting because the fact that we are so connected because of technology ironically, has made us more disconnected. Mm. We're hungry. Like we actually want that real connection. And so why is this important? What does this have to do with the whole business and having fun? It's like when we open up and our businesses become about creating that thing in the world that we're passionate about and that fun comes in, money does come. Is this making sense? When we're doing what we love, when we're doing what we're passionate about, money's going to come. Yeah. Well, along with the practical, tactical strategies. I mean, <laughs> you do Yes. That. Thank you. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the practical, tactical, because what a, that just sounds awesome the way you said it, by the way. And you are someone that extracts authentic conversations, and you have an authentic space about you that you create with others, and you have something called the authentic conversation system. Is that right? Authentic conversion. 
so this is the authentic, practical, tactical execution. You got it. This is fantastic. Talk about that, please. All right. So authentic conversion system, there's really three things we take a look at. And authentic conversion system, ACS. Okay? So this is actually how you remember the three things. How do you attract, convert, and serve? Those are the pieces that essentially are needed in order to have clients that pay you for your services, right? So the attraction piece is all of your lead generation. How do you show up? Who's your tribe? Who are you talking to? And one of the things that I stress with people is in that attraction, that's where all your marketing comes in. You've got to do something that is authentic to you. That's why it's called authentic conversion. Because there are so many tactics and strategies out there. Like you could do SEO on a website. You could run a live event. You could have a podcast. Like there's so many different things you could do in order to get out in front of your tribe, in front of your ideal clients. But if it's not authentic to you, if it's like a medium that you're doing it because you think you should be doing it because it's like the next flavor of marketing, it's not going to work because it's not you. And the second part of it is if you're doing something because you think you should be, and it's not congruent with your stage of business growth from a cash flow perspective. It's like you're trying to use an attraction strategy that's maybe 10 steps ahead. And then you get frustrated and you go, well, none of this stuff works. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that you're using the right strategy at the wrong time. So attraction is all about how do you build your tribe with what strategy at what stage of business growth? Get out. I help my clients figure out because I have a lot of clients, you know, they they feel like they've been burned a little bit where, you know, they, they either went to go write a book or they started running events, but they had no tribe. They had no email list. And I went through all this, right? It's how I know. <laughs> so that's the whole attraction piece. Does that make sense? Yes. So ACS, it's attraction. Authentic conversion system, but the three steps are attract, convert, and serve. Attract, convert, serve. Attract, convert, mm -hmm. serve. Attract, convert, serve. So you said something really brilliant. You said the people have the right strategy at the wrong time. Yeah. Whoa. Like, when is the wrong time to have the right strategy? So let's say, for example, I know a lot of what's been going on. Um, write a book, for example. I'm just going to pick on that one because there's lots of people doing it. But if you come at it from the reason of I'm doing this as a marketing tactic versus I'm writing a book because there's something, a message I really want to get out there, one, the intention's in the wrong place, first of all. Secondly, if you don't have a tribe yet, a list, a community, people that are listening to you, you're going to put all this time, money, and energy into writing a book. I'm talking about specifically when people do this as a marketing strategy and so Opinion. So if you're listening, take it with a grain of salt. But if you don't have the tribe, the people, the following, and you're just doing it for marketing, like who's leaning in? Mm -hmm. Versus this could be a great strategy at the right time if you've already got a tribe, you've got a list, you've got people who are following you, you have a community that you are speaking with. It's like if you take somebody, for example, like Brennan Bouchard, comes out with a new book, like he's got a huge following, yeah. just gets picked up like this. So it could be the right strategy if you've got a ton of cash flow to put into Facebook ads, let's say if you don't have a big list. But when you're in your start out stages, that's a great thing to aspire to, but mm -hmm. it not be the right marketing strategy at that time. And again, a really clear distinction between somebody that's writing a book because they really feel like there's something that's been bubbling up inside of them. You just like they need to get it out in the world versus somebody that's like, okay, I'm going to use this as a strategy to get people. Yeah, totally. And what's interesting is like, you know, you and I have both written books. Writing books is not easy. It's a difficult process. It's hard. It's, you know, like if you're putting something of quality together, 100 pages, 200 pages, that's a commitment and a half. Yeah, it takes time. But with now, like current stuff now, current strategies that you're on top of it, that you probably share with your people now is like, you could just get your best gold and nuggets into a medium article and just rock that sucker out. And that could go viral. If it's real quality, if you just densely pack quality into like 800 words, that's your message. One or two of those, that could go viral. That could create an impact, a following. You don't need to write a whole book and outlay eight, 10, 20 grand. There's your practical tactical, right? Like when you're looking at stages of business growth, 
And now I'm talking purely from a cash flow perspective, right? If you're making up under 100K to take 10 months and I don't know, however many thousands of dollars to go write a book when, yeah, you could get on Medium, rock out an article, start to build your tribe. That's going to start to build your community. Mm -hmm. If you do want to write a book, now you've actually got people following you when you've got cash flow and clients coming in that now you can put the time into it. So this is stuff that I wish I had learned when I was first starting my business. And I'm so grateful because of some of the people I met in the last few years with the different coaching programs I was in and the mentorship programs that started to share this from a very transparent perspective with me. Like, here's what you do for client acquisition. At this stage of business growth, here's what you do, you know, if you're under 50K, if you're up to 100K, if you're between 100 and 500, if you're 500 plus, they're very strategies. And if you think about it from kind of a common sense place, if you've got more cash flow coming in, you're able to do different things because you can pay for it. Yes. But if you don't have the cash flow coming in yet, yes. Trying to implement a strategy that usually is something that people, you know, when they're like the 500K plus are doing it, you're going to end up feeling frustrated like the strategy didn't work instead of just understanding that maybe you weren't ready for it yet. And now some great resources that we are excited to share with you. www.whatsmyrefund.com Whatsmyrefund.com is a website that will bring you to a tax recovery service for Canadians. This is a fantastic company that I've used over the years, and I think it's a brilliant resource. I just have to share it with you. Did you know that there are over $2 billion that the Canadian government knows they owe to Canadian citizens? This is a tax recovery service that will go through 10 years of your taxes for you on your behalf using a brilliant algorithm that they've created, which will quickly and instantly recognize in a short period of time if you have money that's owing to you from the government. They charge nothing up front. If they find anything, their fee is 33% of whatever they recover. It takes two minutes to fill out the application online, and you'll know within a short period of time if you'll be getting a refund. I myself personally have received over $3,000 from a refund, and this is after my father and I completed our taxes together. Oh, and by the way, my dad was a bank manager, and he completed taxes for people on the regular. Much love, Dad. Thank you so much. But this service is dedicated to your tax recovery. Go to www.whatsmyrefund.com. I have to apologize because every once in a while I challenge something that a guest says. Go. I do it selfishly for me, but I think I'm doing it on behalf of the listeners. So we said something about common sense. It's like, if you don't have the money, then you don't do it. That's just common sense, something like that. And I was like, well, for me, <laughs> my dad always used to say common sense is not all that common. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure we've heard that one before. Common sense is not common. For me, like as a business owner, I, seven years in business now, a large part of it was failing my way to success. It was failing. It was action first. You know, entrepreneurship is an inner game. Owning a business is an inner game. Your, your inner is reflecting on the outer thousand percent of the time. So for me, you know, and that's why learning about ourselves as entrepreneurs is so key. And we have people like you on the show because it's an inner game. We got to learn about ourselves. So for me, what to spend on what? Not common sense. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's fair. I'm pretty much completely self-made. However, I invest heavily in mentors, coaches, seminars, books, training, yeah. you know, so I can learn these things. But nobody gave me that strategy of like what to do when on, based on cash flow. So can you give it to us, please? I'm glad you caught me on that because it's easy to say now that somebody gave it to me. <laughs> I didn't have it at the beginning either, right? And I think <laughs> one of the reasons I'm so passionate about being able to share it, actually, hold on. I mean, I'm going to just go into my Google Docs and pull some of this up so that I'm not talking in hypotheticals. So fair enough, because there, there is an aspect of fail forward fast. And I totally agree with you on that. Um, I would guess that I'm still doing it. All right. So there's from stages of business growth, there's early stage, which is when you're in launch, which is when you're making like zero, zero to 20K, okay? more or less. I mean, ballpark these figures. It's not like a hard, fast rule. Mm-hmm. Startup stage, now you're expanding. So maybe you're like the 20 to 100K mark. Mm. Mid-stage, you're multiplying. So you're 100 to 500. And then you're in exponential stage, which is now about thriving. So you're like 500 plus, right? 
And so when I'm sharing these stages of business growth, this is primarily for people that are in service-based industries. Like it's not the same as if, you know, you're, you're Tesla and doing electric. Okay. So just so I'm putting this into perspective because numbers, if you've got a physical product, it wouldn't apply the same way. So there are certain things that at these stages of business growth happen from a mindset place. Like when you're first starting out and just wondering about where am I going to get my first client Mm -hmm. or if you've been in business for a while, but you're adding something new, there's that whole, okay, well, now who's going to invest in this, right? Like that's one mindset when you've put something new out in the world, which is very different than the mindset when you're already like, let's say over 500K and you're building legacy, Mm -hmm. going, okay, well, now who do I delegate to? Who else can help so that some of this comes off my plate so that I can continue to serve and do what I do best, right? 500K? Over 500K you're delegating? No, no, I start delegating as soon as I can. I'm just saying like... From a legacy perspective, like when you're over 500K, you're delegating a lot more. You're probably, you're probably delegating everything. Pretty much. Like everything that you shouldn't be doing is off your plate at that point. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. I think one of the biggest things that, I mean, I wish I had learned faster. And this is from, it's a little bit from mindset, but it's a little bit from team. I'll, I'll come back to this in a second was how to ask for help when I needed it because I had the mindset like, okay, well, if I get an assistant, that's going to cost me. Yeah. And I wasn't looking at it from the perspective of, you know what, if I actually get somebody to help me with some of these things, one, I flat out suck at. Two, I just really don't enjoy that's actually going to create more time for me so that I serve my clients better. I show up better. It's actually going to give me the opportunity to create more revenue in the business. But it was a mindset shift because originally it was just, well, that's going to cost me money. It was like the short-sighted vision. And so that whole asking for help, you know, we were talking about from a mindset place, just you said legacy, you probably got almost everything delegated out. If that's one thing I could share with people is if you're seeing that there is something in your business that is like a massive drain on you, Mm -hmm. if you don't have the cash flow yet to actually hire somebody and ask around in your community, see who can help you. If you've got the cash flow, um, maybe not a ton yet, you can't hire somebody like a full-time employee. You've got different websites like Upwork, you know, where you can actually hire freelancers. So it's a mindset space on how do you ask for help. So you have this breakdown of these different levels of cash flow and or revenue, what you should be focusing on or what you should be doing. Yeah. So let me tell you the categories under here because I already started going into one, which was around mindset, around asking for help. Yeah. First category is mindset. Like what's going on in your head at different stages because you're thinking about different things, right? Clarity in terms of understanding what you do and what value you bring. Like when you're first starting out, for example, clarity, that, that is where you're at, right? You're trying to understand like, what are you doing? How are you doing it? You're beginning to identify who your ideal client is. Once you've been going at it for a while, maybe now you're really... I'm going to say in a place where just to even get up a basic website. I always tell people I broke six figures with a Wix website. You know, it wasn't anything fancy, but it was there at that second stage, right? Because I was clear on who I was working with. And that clarity is not a one-time thing. Like that's the thing through all of the stages of who you work with, that's going to continue to get refined. Once you're doing over 20K, maybe now you start to differentiate yourself a little bit, you know, in that first little bit, you're just trying to figure out how to get a client, right? Yeah. Then when you're already maybe in that mid-stage, you know, that 100K plus from a clarity place, maybe now you're working on a signature talk that really talks to people. I mean, like some of these things you may have started in things before, but it's just knowing like the general progression and now really starting branding, you know? Like I know a lot of people jump into branding right away. Part of the challenge with that is your brand's going to change. Your brand changes so much in your first few years. Like, even this podcast, I'm doing this podcast like a true entrepreneur. I'm not investing too much before I see if there's a market, right? I'm like yeah. a building, but I'm kind of selling first. And like, you know, you want to be on a podcast. You see value in that. Would you listen on these topics? But I know the blurbs on the front page will change and my intro will change and the outro will change. And so I'm not taking it too seriously. If I got stuck in analysis paralysis of like, I got to be the right one. It's got to be perfect that we'd never be talking right now. Yeah. I'd, still be, I'd still be developing the website. Yeah, you got it, right? It's it's one of those things where go for 80% good enough, like get it out into the world. 
it's one of the things that I kind of laugh about because I look at a lot of the people that took the same trainings as I did and they haven't accomplished a fraction of what I have. And I'm not saying that to brag. There was two strategies that really helped me. One was fell forward fast. And so I would put things out into the market to test mm-hmm. is my marketplace responding. And so, you know, some people got, I think, a little all up in worrying about what are people going to say in your reputation and what if you put something out there and then, you know, people don't buy and what are people going to yeah. say to you? You know what? People are busy. They're honestly, like most people aren't going to remember a year or two down the road that you put something out there. Mm-hmm. That didn't they're going to latch on to the things that are still out there that are working because mm-hmm. most of what you put out there, this is something I learned from Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach. He says 80% of what you put out there is not going to last the journey of the 20% that brings you your revenue. Can you say that again? Let me see if I can get the quote right. It's like 80% of what you put out there is not going to survive the 20% that makes up your revenue. what you put out there is not going to survive the 20% that makes up your revenue. Yeah. It's like, if there's like a hundred percent of what you put out there, percent of what you put out there is not going to survive. And at the outset, at the onset, sorry, you you don't know what 20% is going to survive. You don't know part of that 20% is going to be the core of who you are when you're first starting out. Right. And he's he's talking about the 80, 20 rule, which is, you know, 80% of your income will come from 20% of your products. 20% of a company's entire revenue will come from, you know, like, um, no, you got, you got the idea. Yeah. 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 I forgot. I used to quote the 80, 20 rule often. It's like 80% of a country's population will live in 20% of the cities. Yeah. Look at Canada. You got Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, Calgary. We're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So. Well, let let me just wrap that up with what that has to do with branding. Just to, why that's important is when we're talking about stages of business growth is, like I said, if it comes from a cash flow perspective and you're so worried at the beginning about your branding, mm. now you're actually putting money into things that can be used for client acquisition at the beginning stages. You know? Now I'm going to start drooling. Please talk about client acquisition. <laughs> client acquisition, right? Let me go down there. I'm going to start salivating now. Yeah. When you understand enough about your product and your service and your value, then you can just focus on getting more of those. Then you can just focus exactly. on Exactly, exactly. Well, and that's why the clarity is so important. I mean, it's, it's one of the things when I put things out there, right? I call it like evaluating my marketplace. The whole idea might not be fully formed with that clarity. Yeah. Put it out there and people start leaning in. Now I know it's a good idea. Now I know how to go do more of that. Other things I'll put out there, nobody responds. I'm like, Okay, that is not going to be one of the strategies that I'm using. No biggie, right? And at least this way, I haven't poured like tens of thousands of dollars into all of the branding of creating a big product if nobody's leaning in, right? And so now when we're talking about that whole client acquisition, yeah, you can put those tests and those feelers out there and you get the response. Now you know at least you're on the right track. Yeah, I want I want people to like rewind right there. They like hit I want if you're listening to this, do me a favor, trust me, hit rewind and go back and hear that part about testing out your market without putting a lot of effort, energy, time, and capital. Okay, go go ahead, go ahead, hit rewind. I'll wait. <laughs> okay, good. You did that, you listened to it, you heard it twice. Good, good for you. Now, so when you said that, I had the thought like, how about since business is service? And the best form of sales is service. Mm-hmm. What if we discuss the idea where your product or your service should take off like gangbusters? What if we lived in a world where your product or service or business could take off like gangbusters? Because it was a great fit to your audience, to your people. Your service and your branding and your marketing and your messaging was a perfect fit for your market and your audience. What if people could launch anyway in gangbusters every time? What if we lived in a world where that could happen? What if we did? That would be interesting. Wouldn't that be amazing? We'd have, because I spent, and you know, maybe I'm dreaming and I'm an idealist. I'll admit I am. I spent the first like three years of my business failing hard, like we talked about, right? You know, sucks, but it's a decent strategy. <laughs> but I also was heartbroken. I was heartbroken when people mm-hmm. said no. I was heartbroken when 
People did not get the value. People said no. When I didn't get a close or a sale when I needed it. Yeah, it was part me, but it was also part them. It was like once I got the, because there was a lot of people that should have said yes, that are still suffering from the same problems that my service could have solved. And, and I'll, I meet them at events or I'll see them or like I, a couple of years ago when I was doing my previous business as a matchmaker and as a, a singles coach, I went to um, rent a storage space and my wife and I were there and I'm renting a unit, filling out the application. And she's like, you know, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, yeah, I get that funny feeling. Like, I know you too. Long story short, it was like, where do we know it? And then she realized and she was like, oh no, oh no, 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 like, uh, no, no, I don't want to say. It. And I was like, hang on, I'm halfway there. I got there and I was like, oh yeah, you put me down. You called me young and what do I know about business and what do I know about relationships? And you put me down and you shamed me into like thinking that what I did was not good. And I'm like, wait a sec, are you still single? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, and we just had a good laugh. <laughs> And by then, I had the metrics and the data to show that 85% of the people I worked with were still in the same great relationship as when I helped them out. Not that amazing? I walked away from that meeting like laughing, like she's in that bucket in that category of sad people that never change, that just don't want to take action, that just give into fear and they just live their lives in, uh, in some other Yeah, unfortunately, there's always going to be people like that. And that's why they're not clients. I mean, for some people, it's more important for them. You know, they're kind of confused and they just need to be confused for a little while longer. <laughs> you know, it's like they're committed to being confused. Yeah, they're committed to being comfortable. Yeah. Committed yeah. to being comfortable. That's, that's like cancerous. I'm yeah, going to use that right there. Committed to comfort equals cancer. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. And... Like, I'm going to say for, for those instances, you do what you can. I mean, one of the things that I've realized now from just the countless sales conversations that I've had and enrollment conversations with people on the phone is there's two dynamics that are going on. One is the headspace that you're coming from, from a self-leadership place. And the other dynamic that's going on is the story that they already came to with to the call. Back when I was just starting out and I wasn't as confident in myself, not that I didn't think I wouldn't do my absolute best as a coach to get them their results, but I didn't have the data for me personally. Like I knew, okay, coaching worked. I knew the industry worked, but it was new to me. Part of the mindset shift and the block that I had to get through was just the confidence to stand in the fire with people. Because the reality is a lot of people, they want change, they want transformation, but when they get to that point on a conversation where now that's staring them in the face and they need to make a decision, that can be really unsettling for people. It can be, but if you as the person that's offering your service or your product, if you get scared too, if you almost buy into their story, if you get into their dance, instead of lifting them up from a leadership place and bringing them back into the vision of what's possible, yeah, then you get all wrapped up in, in their excuses, their objections, their reasons. And, you know, like you've probably had this happen. I've had it happen before where like I've stood in the fire with somebody where I've worked with them through their discomfort. I can't tell you how many times people have been like, I don't have the money. I don't. But they realize what's at stake, that if they don't do something, that things are not going to change. They go find the money. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that that works 100% of the time because it doesn't. Sometimes it isn't the right time. But your ability to follow up, stay in front of that person, keep influencing them, you know, back to that attraction piece, keep staying with them showing up, giving them value. You know what? Maybe it might be the right time. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because we'll, we'll go back to the example of I, that I just gave about the woman in the um, storage unit place. You know, sales is a two-way street. And if you're solving a problem, ideally, both the prospect and the provider should bring their A game. Absolutely. So I didn't do enough due diligence to qualify that woman. It was many years ago. So that was one mistake was I didn't have like a solid qualification process. Mm -hmm. And number two was uh, we met in a, like a sandwich restaurant, which that's a no, no, you know, we don't go for the clothes there, right? Sales is sacred to me. Sales is sacred. So you don't do that in like a lunch place. 
That was mistake number two. But in what you said, what I could have done when her ugliness came out, when she started to like put me down and stuff, I could have held space and, and stood in the fire with her and been like, okay, listen, I understand that this is what you do when you get confronted and you lash out maybe, or you express anger or you try to put people down. I understand this is probably something you've done for most of your life. And this could be the very reason why there's no partner in your life right now. And why you came to meet with me here today is because you want to meet someone. Actually, you actually do want to be with someone. Right. I got goosebumps as you were saying that, like that's leadership in action. That's one of the things that, you know, when people get into working with a coach, if they've got a good coach, because not all coaches are created equal. Like, and I really think that comes down to the person on their own desire. And again, that's just an opinion. So take it with a grain of salt because coaching is a skill. It is learnable. Be better for the clients that you serve. It's not about you. I mean, that's, that's an ego thing. When you're able to have that kind of a conversation without making somebody bad or wrong or putting them down, because I mean, I'm sure you've had this experience before where you feel like somebody's talking down at you versus just, hey, this is what I'm noticing. Like when you said that, I literally got goosebumps. I was like, oh man, if that was me and those were the patterns that were playing out in my life. Like when somebody calls us on our patterns in a way that's very respectful and we get that they're seeing us, like, oh, like it creates such a space of opportunity and growth. And if you think about sales being a place where you can do that for people, you up in a completely different way. Now it's not about you at all. It's about them. Agreed. And we can apply this to any kind of business. Like it doesn't matter what you're selling or what you're offering, services, products. It doesn't matter. If you can create a space where you understand your client and their garbage can show up and their rejection and all that stuff, and you can embrace it and still dance with it and work with it and show them, listen, I'm not going to be put off. I'm committed that you get this value. I'm committed that you get this result that you want. You know, then you can weather through any storm. They're going to see that confidence, that authenticity, and they're going to respect you for it. Mm -hmm. It's like when I enforce a consequence that I set with my kids, I gain their respect. If I don't, then they'll walk all over me next time. That's very true. And I think when you're first starting out, when maybe that confidence, like it's just starting to grow, especially for people that haven't been in sales before. And now they're in this position of, okay, you know, I'm, I'm putting my heart out to the world because I've created either a product or a service it can be a little unsettling. And that's where having the right community around you is so important because the right people are going to help lift you up. And I am intentionally using the right community. And so I'm going to define the right community by my standards and feel free to take on whatever aspects of this resonate with you, whatever, don't just let it go. But for me, the right community is a community of people that will lift me up to be my best version of myself. That means they'll have my back. That means that if I have a bad day, they don't make it like that's the whole of who I am. They get like, and I'm going to really just be flat out, really transparent when it comes, especially with women for this is like, look, ladies and guys listening to this, like women have hormones. <laughs> like, you know, it's like the elephant in the room. Like some days you, you might feel like crap, just because you've got hormonal stuff going on. But does that mean that I'm not capable of accomplishing everything I want to do? No, it means I had one bad day. And my community is going to understand that that bad day, that meltdown is not the whole of who I am. They're going to remind me of who the heck I am and lift me back up. Not only that, if I'm really falling off the wagon, they're going to hold me accountable to the stuff that I said I was going to do. And again, not in a way that's talking down at me, but in a way of reminding me like, hey, here's the agreements that you made. And so for me, that's the right community. It's like the balance of holding me to it and seeing me for who I can be and who I say I want to be. Phenomenal. <laughs> and now some great resources that we are excited to share with you. www.whatsmyrefund.com Whatsmyrefund.com is a website that will bring you to a tax recovery service for Canadians. This is a fantastic company that I've used over the years, and I think it's a brilliant resource. I just have to share it with you. Did you know that there are over $2 billion that the Canadian government knows they owe to Canadian citizens? This is a tax recovery service that will go through 10 years of your taxes for you on your behalf using a brilliant algorithm that they've created, which will quickly and instantly recognize in a short period of time if you have money that's owing to you from the government. 
They charge nothing up front. If they find anything, their fee is 33% of whatever they recover. It takes two minutes to fill out the application online, and you'll know within a short period of time if you'll be getting a refund. I myself personally have received over $3,000 from a refund, and this is after my father and I completed our taxes together. Oh, and by the way, my dad was a bank manager, and he completed taxes for people on the regular. Much love, Dad. Thank you so much. But this service is dedicated to your tax recovery. Go to www.whatsmyrefund.com. So the power of community. So this is a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about your newest undertaking with wine and and these parties and these get-togethers with women that you've created. I mean, you know, we've been talking intention and mind space, but now let's talk the strategy and now let's talk the execution. You, in my opinion, made a perfect marriage or menage a trois, if you will, <laughs> with, with women and having fun and wine and conversations and providing your service all at the same time. So tell us what on earth is that? All right. So like all the good ideas, they usually start from trying to solve a problem. And so this summer, Satya, my partner and I, we were talking about one of the challenges in the coaching industry is how do you tell people what coaching is if they've never had coaching before? Mm. It's really hard to explain what coaching is. But anybody that's ever had coaching, they know how powerful it is. And really, like for thousands of years, coaching was known as leadership, really. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. If you think about it, right, it was, it was leadership and mentorship. It's just under a different umbrella now. And so we were talking about how I wanted to do something where it was just really simple to invite people to get together, you know, not like where it was a training, where it was formal, where, I mean, and you know this, because we've gone through all kinds of trainings. When you're there for a training, you're there for an intention to learn a skill. And for most people, when they come to a training, you've got your game face on because you're there to grow yourself. So to a certain extent, like you show up mm -hmm. in a certain way. I think you know what I'm getting at. Like when you come to a training, you show up a certain way because you're, you're there to learn and get something out of it. A networking event as well, like a networking events, especially it's like for most people, they're putting their best foot forward. They're looking to make connections. I mean, some people are just flat out sharks and they're just there like <laughs> to figure out like what they can get and who they can get it from. And some people hand you their business card without you asking. Oh, yeah. Some people I can't walk around. Still do that. Oh, my God. The first time somebody did that to me, like a few years ago, I was just like, listen, let me stop you right there. Save this business card. What you're doing here is a colossal mistake. I'm sorry to give you this honest feedback, but it's true. You're just wasting paper here. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that one still floors me. Are people like that? So, so we were talking, we we're saying, okay. I've run trainings before, we've done workshops, we've done seminars, but I want a place where women can just come and take the mask off. And Satya made this comment and he said, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if it was as easy as inviting somebody to a barbecue? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, a barbecue is so simple. You don't have to plan for it for weeks and months on end. You could be like, hey, Michael, I'm having a barbecue next week. Can you make it? I was like, either you can or you can't. Like, there's no stress. There's no pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that would work for dudes. But, you know, for, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's good feel to it, right? Like, Dude, hey, bro, you want to have some meat on a grill? It's called a barbecue. Exactly, exactly, right? But, like, the idea stuck. And we were talking, we were talking. I was like, well, wait a second, you know. What's a barbecue for women? Yeah. And so he said, well, then at the time I was, really doing a lot of clean eating. I was doing some keto eating. And um, he says, well, too bad you're not drinking wine. And I said, but I eat teas. And then I was like, wait, wine and cheese. Perfect. So then we're like, all right, well, wine and cheese. And we're going to give them an experience of transformation through coaching. And boom, that's how it came together, like peanut butter and jelly, women's wine and cheese coaching. Here's what was really cool. Remember I said, I test the marketplace first. So I was like, I think this is a really cool idea, you know, actually being able to come together, just relax a bit and then still do something transformational. I think this could work. And our idea was always to have it in somebody's home. So when you do it in somebody's home, like you just come relaxed. It's just a whole other feel. Exactly what I tell people to do. 
learned all this from the Lean Startup principles, right? And I put the idea out there. First, I floated it to current clients. Then I floated it to past clients because sometimes past clients are like, oh my God, it'll be so good to see you. You know, we want the community, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Trying to figure out like, how do I actually bring people together? They all love the idea. And so what ended up happening was I had one in September, one lady hosted. It was like the most incredible magical experience. I had two in October. I had three in November. Like women just kept wanting to host it. And then we took a bit of time off over the Christmas holidays and all that. We had one in February. The women loved it. We're only having one in March because I'm going away to San Diego. But there's actually a whole bunch of women that want to host these events, especially once they've come to one, because there's a couple of really cool things happening. One, if they get to meet other incredible women, and I mean, I'm going to say about 90% of the women that come are entrepreneurs. So they're getting to meet women in a different context. It's not completely social because we're still diving into some really cool themes every month, but they get to talk and they get to connect. So then Satya, of course, was like, well, you know what? You're buying wine every month from the LCBO. What if we came up with our own wine? So of course, now we test again. Hold on, let's pause. So you've tested, you've done a few of these. It's tons of fun. It's magical. By the way, this is great community building strategy. Yes. And this is a great client retention strategy. Yes. This is a great customer satisfaction strategy. I from the business and just putting that in there, these are all brilliant. Yes, thank you. And you're absolutely right because we were thinking about all of these things, right? It's And we're not even at the wine yet. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say this, when you have amazing clients and when you are committed to your own growth, you're going to attract amazing people. And one of the things that I'm so lucky and blessed with is honestly, amazing women come to these events. Like they are women that they're up to something in the world. And, you know, whether they're, they're having a moment or they're on a high because something awesome happened, they're just so committed to showing up, mm. being open. It just, it creates the most amazing evenings. But even for us guys too, you put the guards down, you leave the crap at the office, you just be yourself, you just get to show up, you have a blast, you have a great time. So now to the wine? Yes, now to the wine. So again, test, right? So what we did was, at the beginning, I should say this, I was doing all of this just by Facebook Messenger, you know, send me an e-transfer to cover your portion of the wine and cheese, all that. So it was all very manual. And then I had to, of course email people, give them the address of the person's home because we don't put that out publicly. Like, so it was, mm. and then it's, as it started to build, so he was like, all right, let's actually put a little bit of structure behind this to mm-hmm. make it on you so that you're not managing all of this and then clients, right? So he created an actual landing page where people could just go register. And then he decided, let's just put like an upsell there. Let's see if I put it on there that we have our own wine, would somebody want it? Mm. idea first Mm. so he did that somebody bought so now we were like okay we better go get some wine made (laughs) (laughs) what did they buy they bought one bottle three bottles what did you offer uh they bought one but you know it was enough for us to know like okay there's somebody there because we had already talked to a local winemaker here we had tried his stuff before actually a family member had recommended him because she'd had his wine before and i thought okay so it's twofold one is now women can take home the women's wine and cheese coaching experience with them. But I'm also serving my own wine. So as a business owner, that brings my costs down. Yes. Because paying as much per bottle as I would be at the LCBO. And now also I have a gift that I can give the host that is branded with our wine. So like it just, it came together from so many different angles. And like, even the other day I had a friend of mine had come over to do stuff with us. And we were talking about this women's wine and cheese because she had hosted one back in the fall. She wants to do one again in the spring. And she wasn't able to come along in February. And I said, oh yeah, we came out with the wines. And like, boom, we sold a couple of bottles right there. Cause she was like, oh my God, I was about to go to the LCBO to grab some wine for the weekend. Now let me just get yours, right? And so like Satya sold a whole bunch of bottles to his buddies in the pool league. And it's just, it's funny how one little idea starts to ripple out. We'll see what happens with all of it. Still beginning stages. So what's the name of the wine? What's the brand? Adore. Adore. Because we adore our people. Wow. <laughs> it's just. I'm so cheesy, but it's, it's cheesy. awesome. It's cheesy, but it's amazing. 
It is. You know what? The women, they all love it. They're like, that's perfect. It it's is. just, it's like, it's too perfect. That's why it's cheesy. If it was like, you know, not, it, it's just perfect. That's why it's cheesy. I know. So is Satya selling a door to his buddies? Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Oh my God. Yeah. He started telling his buddies because he's in a pool league, right? That's what he does for fun. He's actually really good uh, about what he started creating. And then there was, there was a gentleman there that I think he owns like a body shop for cars that ended up buying a whole bunch of bottles. And then that yeah, was funny. What? And it has the same branding, a door? Yeah. And these guys are buying it? Yeah, they're buying it for like their wives, their girlfriends. Oh, okay, there we go. They're not buying it for their buddies or the body shop. No. That's, no. There you go. funny who they are. And they're like, here's what he said was so funny. When we talk about the difference between marketing to men and women was... He had sold a bottle to one of the guys at the pool hall and he put it in like a nice bag and like a black bag with like all these beautiful gold swirls on it. And the guy looks at the bag and he's like, dude, I don't need the bag. Pulls out the bottle, just takes the bottle. And then he was talking to, I think one of the servers and he was showing her the wine and he had put it in the bag and she's like, oh my God, the bag's so nice. The bag was the, like the seal the deal thing because it looks so yeah. So. I mean, know your market, right? It was so funny, know, that story. Yeah, know your market, packaging, the power of packaging, the power of presentation, right? Yep. Who is Sathya? Like, I know who he is, but it, we, keep, we keep mentioning his name. He's the magical man. Mm-hmm. He's great at full, billiards. Man. We're talking yeah. billiards. Billiards. Yeah. So Sathya is my life partner. He's also my business partner. Um, he came on board with me about three years ago. He was doing sales for other companies and just killing it, but absolutely miserable because it was all cold sales to people. I mean, he applied some of the stuff I taught him and and just absolutely crushed it there. But he was miserable because he's still a people person. I mean, like doing cold calls all day. And so he started working with me and it's been such an interesting journey. For those of you, if you've ever worked with your significant other in business, I mean, that's going to stretch you at a whole other (laughs) level. (laughs) Yes. But he's awesome. And so he's working on a project of his own as well, which we're really excited about. But he does for for my company, Franchi Ivanka International and Total Boss Club. He does all of the behind the scenes stuff. So all the tech and making sure emails go out and landing pages get done. And he makes sure all of that is taken care of because quite honestly, if I had to, that would be a disaster. Mm. (laughs) I don't put my hands on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kick-ass partnership you guys have. A really, really awesome partnership. We're going to wrap up soon, but you mentioned you taught him some things. He applied it, and then he went out and crushed it. Now, I remember, I think it was a few years ago, there, maybe a year ago or something like that. He or you, you guys, he, you did 300000 in sales in like three months. That was Satya. So that was at the place that he was working at. They gave him the coldest of the cold lists. and. You know, I taught him a couple of strategies for how to connect, how to build rapport on the phone, how to actually run an enrollment conversation. Because I actually use a blueprint and we teach it to all of our clients called I Cared. And uh, it's not a script. It's more like a blueprint of what to remember, what to do at what point in the conversation. And so he took that and he applied it. And he literally did just over $300,000 in sales in three months with their coldest list. It was crazy, but he was miserable. So then he was like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, all right, come work for me. (laughs) Come work with me. Come work with me and please repeat that same thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? At first I was like, please repeat that. But he was so miserable doing cold calls and stuff. And it's so not a part of what we do here Mm. that there's never been the opportunity for him to duplicate something like that because it's just not how this company operates. Mm -hmm. And Maybe down the road, there would be somebody doing more of our calls. Actually, there will be because I'm going to get to a point where I can't do all of them. Right now, it's still me. But having him do something that he's so miserable with would just go so against what I stand for that, yep, that never got duplicated again. That's true. And it's totally fine. I was only, you know, joking. Yeah, it's all good. And what was the product or the service he was offering with that company? Okay, so totally not a sexy thing at all. You know, people think like, oh, you were probably doing something like really cool and really trendy. No, he was selling health and health and safety training videos to corporations. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. (laughs) 
I thought it was boring. Look on your face. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I can. Oh. Because <laughs> when you said you said boring and unsexy, I'm like uh, HVAC units, like fur- furnaces and air conditioners, and you know, but pretty much up there. Health and no, this is worse. Health and safety <laughs> videos. Like sit and watch a. I used to be in health and safety, sitting watching those videos. Totally boring. <laughs> that was his role. Sell those videos to corporations. Well, thank goodness he's not doing that anymore. So thank goodness. I'm going to probably have him on the show because I love his product that he's creating and his yeah. newest venture that he's creating. It's pretty amazing. So I can't wait for it to get here. Oh my God. <laughs> Just get here faster. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? What's next for you? What's next for you guys together? Well, for him, there's probably going to be some transitioning out of what he's doing now over the next, I'm going to say the next year, year and a half just so that he can focus more on the projects that he's working on. I think to a certain extent, he's always going to be involved behind the scenes with what I do, just because he likes having his, you know, his fingers in the pies. But for me, it's really this intentional pivot to working more closely with female entrepreneurs who are really, you know, they've got this proven track record of success and now they're looking at their next project and, you know, they're maybe not feeling so confident because now it's all about, you know, now there's this new thing. How do I add it to what I've currently got going on? Or, you know, what are my first steps with this new thing? And so that's really where Total Boss Club that I created, that's where that's coming in to fill that gap. And what I'm so excited about with this is it's really taking, like I said, the practical tactical. So we take a look at do you actually get more clients and improve your sales in a way that comes across really authentic with all of the mind space of self-leadership because that's 80% of your success. And so I'm so excited about this because I've put it all together. And so there's a group component because community is so important to women. Like just not going to get into all the science of how we're wired different, but there's just certain aspects that we are wired differently. There's still that personal touch in it. And so I'm really excited because it's like taking the best of what I was doing one-on-one behind closed doors that only certain people could get access to as of the, the cost and now bringing it into a format that makes it more accessible for a lot more women. So that for me is living part of my mission of helping women do things that they've always wanted to do, but we're scared to try. Phenomenal. Well, you're lighting up as you talk about it. Again, people can't see you, but you're lighting up like a Christmas tree as you talk about it. Awesome. So where can people get a hold of you? Where can they connect with you? If you're a woman that's listening to this, you're a female entrepreneur that, you know, something I said really sparked your interest. You're like, okay, I'd like to know more about that. Go to www.totalbossclub.com. There's a little button on there that says, let's chat. My whole first thing is before anything, let's get to know one another. I mean, if there's a way that I might be able to help you, we can always talk about that. But first is like, let's figure out if or how I'll point you in the right direction. I've got lots of free resources. If they're on Facebook, every morning at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard, I do something called Total Boss Start. So I come on on my Entry Ivanka page, do a live with either a tactic, a strategy, something to expand your mind space. So you can always find me there. Pretty much if you look up Andrea Ivanka on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, you'll find me. Amazing. Andrea Ivanka, spelled just like it sounds. Yep. And we'll have the links in the show notes for everybody to grab and check out as well. Andrea, you rock. I loved speaking to you today. I love you very much. Thank you for being on the show. We'll have to do this again soon because we just have a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. I, I know that whoever's listening to this, as you're listening to this, like just keep showing up because I know one of the things about you, Michael, is if this is about business brilliance and whether that changes or not as you go on, you're going to have and I'm so clear on this, the most amazing guests on this show. So whoever is listening here, Keep showing up, keep listening, keep learning, keep growing, and open up your mind space. Woo! Thank you. That's it, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into our episode today. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Business Brilliance Podcast. I am your host, Michael Santanato. If you liked this show and you want to know more, then check out businessbrilliancepodcast.com. Give us some feedback, drop us a line, or if you know a great guest, then let us know please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next week when we talk to another great entrepreneur and talk about their business and what makes them brilliant. Do you want to be a guest on the show? 
let us know at our website, businessbrilliancepodcast.com. Have a great week and stay brilliant. And subscribe for more great episodes.